Have you ever noticed that sharing your opinions on social media can sometimes feel like diving into a pool filled with hungry piranhas? You might start off thinking you're just dipping your toes, but before you know it, you're in the deep end surrounded by a frenzy of reactions. Today we delve into a topic that resonates with many of us, the struggle to express our opinions freely on social media platforms and the loneliness that ensues when we feel unable to be our authentic selves online. We'll also explore how faith can provide guidance and support in navigating these challenges. So let's dive in. On Life Repurposed, you'll find a blend of practical wisdom and biblical inspiration that's designed to help you navigate everyday life with faith, purpose, and hope. We focus on personal and spiritual growth with a range of topics from improving your relationships and discovering your purpose to setting and achieving goals, plus tools and resources to help you live your repurposed life. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn, the author of books and Bible studies about finding hope in the trashy stuff of life. Social media has become a powerful tool for self-expression, giving us a platform to voice our thoughts, to connect with others, and engage in conversations. It can be a source of inspiration and encouragement, allowing us to find like-minded individuals who share our beliefs but it also has its pitfalls. Many individuals fear expressing their opinions online because of the potential backlash they might face. This fear of rejection and negative reactions can lead to self-censorship, creating a sense of isolation and loneliness. Maybe you have felt that when you've been online. As people of faith, we may feel compelled to share our beliefs, but we hesitate to do it due to the anticipated hostility or ridicule we might experience. The anonymity of online interactions can amplify the intensity of negative reactions too, and many people feel more emboldened to express their disagreement or launch personal attacks without considering the emotional toll it can take on the recipient. This digital disconnect can make it challenging to cope with the emotional aftermath. It's important for us to recognize that these negative reactions often say more about the individuals responding than about our own thoughts and opinions, and you should remember that the worth of your ideas is not determined by the approval or disapproval of others. Hold on to your convictions and embrace the strength that comes from staying true to yourself. But maybe you've discovered that isn't as easy to navigate as you thought it might be. It's hard because other people don't always understand what we're trying to say, or even understand the intent behind it. To navigate the psychological and emotional impact, it's really important for us to establish healthy boundaries. We need to recognize when engaging in further discussions that it may be unproductive or detrimental to our own well-being. It's okay to step away, to disengage, or to limit your exposure to negative online interactions. We need to seek support from trusted friends, family members, or online communities that share our values, but we don't want to make it into an echo chamber. Having a safe space to express your feelings and process your experiences can be immensely helpful. Remember, you are not alone in facing these challenges. We also need to practice self-care and prioritize mental and emotional well-being. This also means engaging in activities that bring you joy, relaxation, and rejuvenation that don't include social media. And for those of us who are Christians, we find solace in prayer, in meditation, and other spiritual practices that provide strength and guidance during difficult times. 
So by acknowledging the psychological and emotional impact of negative reactions and taking some proactive steps to care for ourselves, we can regain confidence and resilience and share online in a positive way. I want you to remember that your voice matters and your opinions are valid, even if they are met with resistance and hostility online. Perhaps you've noticed that people instantly attack when others express something different from their point of view. And honestly, we live in a society right now where it's very hard to express a point of view without it being assumed that it's hate toward one group of people or another. And I've seen this on both ends of the spectrum, so I am not calling out any one group of people here. I think it's just the reality of where we are in the online space. I was listening to a podcast episode about a popular author who expressed something about a hot button issue on Twitter, and she was verbally and actually even threatened in bodily har- with bodily harm and death threats for expressing her opinion. When she tried to explain herself, people attacked that too. And so there was no winning on her part. And that's the problem with our current online climate. As an author, I think about it every day. And so this is why I'm bringing this up today because it's been on my mind a lot. As an author, I write books that help people grow spiritually. I write Bible studies. I write humor And yet in the online space, I often wonder which group of people would I lose support from if I freely expressed my personal thoughts. And I know the reality of that is I can't express a lot of my personal thoughts because the people, again, like I said, don't understand the intent behind it and because it can affect the message that I really, really want to get out there. And that is in the Bible studies that I write that message of finding hope in the trashy stuff of life. I've tested it out sometimes in the past as um, sometimes just exploring a thought. Maybe it's not even an opinion, but I'm exploring a thought just to see what other people think. And I've discovered that you can carefully present your reason for something and suddenly find yourself under attack. We learn the value of respectful dialogue and empathy and understanding But in the online world, it often seems to be lacking in those qualities, and polarization and echo chambers prevail. And this really limits the exchange of free ideas, the free exchange of ideas. And so I want to look at a couple of ways we can navigate this challenging landscape as we try to figure out how can I have conversations online, how can I be my true authentic self, and how can I respect others in that process? The first thing that it's important to look at is the dynamics. As believers, we're called to reflect on our actions and we strive for personal growth. And so expressing our opinions in a constructive manner is essential, but we must also be prepared for differing viewpoints. Our cultural experience tells us that we can't control how people react when our thoughts diverge from theirs. Understanding this dynamic is crucial in fostering meaningful discussions online. We must recognize our own cognitive biases, such as confirmation bias, and constantly seek out diverse perspectives. And how that works is knowing that I am more inclined to like and respond to people who also agree with whatever I said. And that's confirmation bias. We look for people who say, yes, I agree with you. Yes, yes. And we're really uncomfortable sometimes with the people who say, I don't agree with what you said there. And when we recognize those biases and we want to foster meaningful discussions, 
we move beyond the echo chamber and we start to engage in conversations that promote growth and understanding. Of course, this is not easy at all. It's really an uncomfortable thing, actually. The other thing it's important for us to recognize is that in today's digital age, algorithms play a significant role in shaping our online experiences. They determine the content we see, the news we consume, and the opinions we encounter. So unfortunately, this algorithmic influence can inadvertently create filter bubbles, which reinforce our existing beliefs and limit exposure to diverse perspectives. So I want to explore the impact of algorithms and filter bubbles and discuss ways to break free from their constraints. Filter bubbles occur when algorithms prioritize content that reinforces your existing beliefs, your preferences, your values. As a result, we find ourselves in this bubble of like-minded individuals surrounded by content that confirms our perspectives. And this can lead to a limited exposure to diverse ideas and viewpoints. And the other way that this happens is because um, you may have caught yourself doing this. Sometimes you just get tired of seeing a diverse point of view and you either unfollow or you unfriend somebody and pretty soon you realize you've unfollowed or unfriended all of the people that bring a balance to the thought process that goes into having honest discussions. So it's really important to know that we create some of that ourselves. The impact of filter bubbles goes beyond our personal experiences. These filter bubbles contribute to the polarization of online conversations, and they hinder that potential for meaningful dialogue and understanding. When we are only exposed to information that aligns with our existing beliefs, it becomes increasingly challenging to empathize with alternative perspectives. Breaking free from those filters requires a conscious effort on our part and a willingness to seek out diverse perspectives. Here are some strategies to consider for how we can do that. And I want you to know that the reason I'm I'm talking about this this week and thinking about it in terms of a life repurposed is that when we can be intentional about these strategies, we repurpose the use of social media and we create a different space than what we often experience. And so we can intentionally change our strategies in how we converse. So first, we want to intentionally diversify our online sources. We can follow individuals and organizations with different backgrounds, beliefs, and perspectives just to seek out content that challenges our assumptions and exposes us to new ideas. When we broaden our information sources, we create a more balanced and inclusive digital experience, and you don't have to agree with everything you read. The beauty is you can consume it and learn from it without having to agree. Second, we want to engage in civil discussions with individuals who hold differing opinions. Instead of dismissing or attacking opposing viewpoints, We can approach these conversations with an open mind and genuine curiosity to understand the perspectives of others. This fosters empathy and helps to bridge divides. And I think that that has helped me so much in becoming empathetic towards other people is just listening to their point of view. The last thing we want to do in that strategy is to be mindful of our own engagement patterns. These algorithms are designed to prioritize content that gets your attention, and it often leads to a feedback loop of similar content. So if you like and comment on something, you're going to get more of that. 
So one of our strategies can be to actively seek out and engage with diverse content to give the algorithms a signal that we want a broader range of perspectives, that we want to see a broader range and that we value that. I want you to remember that algorithms and filter bubbles are not obstacles that we can't get over. By consciously diversifying our online experiences and engaging in dialogue and challenging our own biases, we can break free from the constraints of these digital echo chambers. Now for a short break. This episode is sponsored by My Family Budget, which is funded by sales of my books. One of the ways I serve women is by providing resources for personal and group Bible study. My latest Bible study book, Renewed, is the first in a four-part series on what it means to be remade to become more like Jesus. Each week has a main lesson to do, plus five micro-studies that are like mini Bible studies to do for personal devotions. You can do the whole thing in six weeks or spread it out over 12 weeks or more. It all depends on how much your small group would like to use. I'll link to Renewed in the show notes, or you can visit michellerayburn.com slash remade for information. If you'd like to see a sample chapter, you can easily request that there as well. Now back to the show. Let's talk about fostering constructive dialogue online. Building a digital community grounded in faith-based values requires us to be mindful of our own online behavior. It's not about watering down our beliefs or conforming to popular opinions. It's about expressing ourselves with grace and humility. By leading with empathy, we can cultivate an atmosphere that encourages respectful dialogue even when we disagree. So how can we foster constructive conversations on social media? First, we need to practice active listening and genuine curiosity. Taking the time to understand others' perspectives can help bridge gaps and foster empathy. We must also be diligent in fact-checking information and promoting critical thinking. We can seek out like-minded individuals who are open to constructive discussions and people who value that richness of diverse perspectives. My Christian faith gives me a strong foundation when facing adversity, and so when I seek God's guidance, I find the courage to express myself authentically while remaining steadfast in my beliefs, but I also trust Him for wisdom in knowing what to say and what not to say. One of the things we can do is repurpose difficult online situations for good. In the midst of these challenging interactions, we have an opportunity to turn them into catalysts for positive change. As people of faith, we can draw inspiration from our beliefs to navigate these moments and transform them into opportunities for growth and understanding. When we ourselves are faced with hostility or disagreement, we can choose to respond with kindness. We don't have to be snarky and we don't have to be angry. We can respond with compassion and grace. Rather than engaging in heated arguments or personal attacks, we can model a different approach. By seeking common ground and highlighting shared values, we can steer conversations towards constructive dialogue. It can actually be done. Another way to repurpose difficult online situations is by promoting empathy and understanding, and instead of dismissing those differences, we can make a concerted effort to understand the perspective of other people. This is done through listening attentively and asking open-ended questions. Oftentimes, I'm 
more likely to want to just jump in and comment with an opinion, it's better to to hold that back a little bit and ask open-ended questions. When we do that, we create space for meaningful exchanges and that potential for bridging divides. When we repurpose challenging situations online, it also helps us to be proactive promoters of positive change. That was a lot of P's, wasn't it? We can use our platforms, another P, to raise awareness about important issues and advocate for justice, compassion, and unity. And by sharing stories of transformation and highlighting the power of dialogue, we inspire others to engage in constructive conversations as well. Maybe you've seen that modeled in social media posts where you say, if everybody could respond this way, social media would really be a nice place. As we navigate online spaces, I think it's also important for us to remember the power of forgiveness and reconciliation in the face of hurtful comments or offensive content. We can choose to respond with grace and we can extend forgiveness. This act of grace not only frees us from bitterness, but it can also serve as an example of love and healing. Lastly, we can repurpose difficult online situations by actively participating in initiatives that foster positive change. This includes joining online communities or organizations that promote respectful dialogue and understanding. This creates a ripple effect of transformation in the digital world. By engaging with others who share our values, we amplify that collective impact that we all have. All of this requires a mindset shift, a conscious decision to respond with love, understanding, and a commitment to positive change. I know that isn't easy. I've struggled with it myself. But we can be agents of transformation in that digital space. As we come to the end of this segment of the episode, let's take a lighthearted approach to wrap up our discussion about the challenges of dissenting views and navigating social media. Sometimes a touch of humor helps us find perspective and lightens the mood a little bit. So here are a few observations to leave you with. Have you ever noticed that sharing your opinions on social media can sometimes feel like diving into a pool filled with hungry piranhas? You might start off thinking you're just dipping your toes, but before you know it, you're in the deep end surrounded by a frenzy of reactions. And isn't it fascinating how people can transform into grammar police on social media? Ooh, pointing my fingers right back at myself here. You share your thoughts and suddenly everyone becomes an expert in spelling, punctuation, and sentence structure. Who knew that expressing your opinions could turn into an impromptu English class from editors like me? In the realm of self-censorship, it's amazing how we can debate whether to share a slightly controversial opinion for hours, crafting and recrafting our message only to finally hit the post button and immediately regret it or immediately find a typo. It's like ordering a pizza with every topping imaginable and then realizing you're lactose intolerant. Oops. Let's not overlook the power of those magical algorithms. They're like digital matchmakers connecting us with content that aligns perfectly with our interests, but sometimes they do their job a little bit too well, making us wonder if we've accidentally married our favorite YouTube channel. So, as we conclude, let's remember to approach the challenges of expressing dissenting views on social media with a dash of humor. It's important to stay true to ourselves engage in meaningful dialogue, and create an online environment that encourages empathy and understanding, all while sharing a good laugh along the way. 
I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. And before we wrap up, I want to tell you what I'm reading right now. I just received a copy of Chris Martin's latest book in the mail. It's called The Wolf in Their Pockets, 13 Ways the Social Internet Threatens the People You Lead. It's so relevant for the conversation we're having right here today. This book takes a biblical approach as internet expert Chris Martin talks about the ways the internet distorts our life in Christ. He shows us how to respond faithfully and teaches how to care for people who are obsessed with followers, views, and likes. That might be you. It might be someone you love. If being on the social internet has caused you or someone you love to be filled with cynicism and contempt, he covers that too. I'm going to link to The Wolf in Their Pockets in the show notes in case you would like to check that out. It's good for parents, teachers, people in leadership, anybody who deals with people who are active on the internet, which is pretty much all of us. Chris Martin was also on the Life Repurpose podcast in season five, and I will link to his interview in the show notes in case you want to hear that interview with Chris Martin. He talked about social media, which he calls the social internet, and that's because it's not just social media. It really is a search engine when you're going on these places like especially because of the algorithms and everything I just talked about. And so um, he really gets into that and he's a social media expert. So um, I encourage you to check out that episode that will be linked. Every week on Life Repurposed, I create a new resource for you to use on your repurposing journey. Those free printable worksheets, devotions, discussion questions, or journaling prompts go out to my email list. So you'll want to sign up for that at the link in the show notes. The show notes for this episode are at michellerayburn.com slash 155, but you will find a link anywhere on my website to that newsletter. So you can get that for free each week, but I know you may not have gotten all the past ones. So the entire collection is also available to subscribers to Life Repurposed Plus. This is a Patreon subscription that costs about the same as one monthly trip to the coffee shop. I invite you to become a Life Repurposed Plus member because it supports the show and it supports you with all kinds of resources. And those resources are still growing starts with the library right now, but I'm working on potential Zoom calls and other bonuses for you, including some commercial free content when I start adding in more commercials into the show. So let's wrap up this episode of Life Repurposed. I hope this episode has provided you with insights and inspiration to navigate the challenges of expressing opinions on social media. I hope you're inspired and empowered to make a positive impact in your online interactions. Together, let's foster a digital community grounded in love, respect, and unity. I'll be back next week with an interview with Caitlin Odom-Fiedler, who talks about her journey through grief and healing after losing her parents and four siblings in a tragic car accident. Until next time, take care and God bless. You've been listening to Life Repurposed. If you'd like bonus resources sent to your inbox each week, be sure to sign up at michellerayburn.com 